Welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of October 28, 2013. This is episode 210, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the folks that put on the glorious podcast you're about to hear. <laughs> Joining me today are uh, Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. And Jackie Ritako, account manager with Interval. Hello. Hey, guys. Long time no podcast. It yeah. has been. It's been a long time since we've done a non-Shushmid-oriented podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Four or three, three weeks off? Oh, more than three, that. that I, th- I think it was like four weeks. The last podcast was 9-19. Oh, on my oh, birthday. Yeah, yeah. On oh, my yeah, so over right. a month. And you weren't even in the Shushmid ones, and I was just... Yeah. you were. I was a, f- a voice in the background. You were... <laughs> you were how did that Breaking Bad turn out, by the way? Breaking Bad? I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> I haven't watched. I, I still need to start it. I, I need to watch it I all. have. I mean, I, I'm assuming just based on like things that I've been unable to avoid, which are like the fake obituaries or whatever that somebody. Oh, that Chris si- that somebody, No, no. I saw it before you posted it. But somebody's yeah. obviously somebody significant dies probably at the end. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I haven't even started season one yet, and I would like to watch yeah, it at some point. So I'm trying to avoid as much as possible about the end. Well, I was joking when I said that. I didn't intentionally mean to talk about it. Cause people, <laughs> I've heard from people like, because when we did the Shushmid podcast, so if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, we were at the Shushmid conference in Chicago in, was that early October? Right over the September, October yep. switch border. Yeah. And we did live podcasts from there. And we're posting those podcasts Hopefully a couple of week we're a little behind, but so we're going to start up our regular podcast again, but also continue to post the Shushmit right. podcast of which there are seven or eight mm-hmm. episodes. Um, but pretty much every time we fired that baby up, I mentioned it cause it was right <laughs> happening right around the season finale of it. And so I've heard from a couple of people that were kind of joking about it. And was so, the, uh, not, yeah. and did you guys find a TV to watch it on while you were there? No. No. no, no, I I was able to download it on oh, uh, so iTunes the next morning. Okay, but it was the hot topic du jour. Well, for me, it was. I don't think it was. It was. It was shocking how many Chris people did watch it. Yeah, <laughs> other than Robert, we can talk about it because he didn't oh, think to right. do the iTunes, so he stymied me as well. <laughs> so anyway, times. so those are those will be posted. So that's cool, and and as we post them, we'll share, we'll tweet them out, and. Post them on our LinkedIn page. Don't forget to check that for updates and things uh, and try to let you know who's in each of them. We had quite a variety of people join us. Yes, we did. Uh, and I've heard from people since then saying they wish they had and would like to next year. So, Oh, we'll be back. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Or we could. Well, I, well am de- I getting on ahead of myself? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, maybe you guys will be back. I may not be. It depends. There's some timing issues that time of year that I'll have to work oh. around. Yeah. So... But we'll figure it out. Um, oh. What else? So that's something for you to know. Uh, I'm actually doing a webinar on, oh, crud, what was the date? I had it right here. November, what's Wednesday, November? Isn't it the 15th or something? Is it? Yes, it is. No, November 13th. 13th. Wednesday, November 13th at 11 a.m. Central Time. The webinar is called Branding Mythbusters. <laughs> Why healthcare brand is suffering from empty thinking. Um, it's actually an NRC sponsored webinar that I'm co-presenting with Ryan Donahue, who's a friend of the family, friend of the friend of the <laughs> Interval family. Very cool. 
So we are going to address some common myths surrounding healthcare branding, such as should you brand your ACO? Uh, we can't change your name because we'll lose our loyal patients, and it's better to have a lot of brands than one brand. So those are some examples. And all of that's happening through our sister company, Blue Lake Brand Consulting. Blue Lake Brand Consulting is a brand consulting group. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, we started we, we, st- we started Blue Lake in July officially. Mm-hmm. So we spun off our brand consulting work into uh, a separate firm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's all it does. So there's nothing else tied to it. So yeah. it's one of the positioning points. If you're looking for brand consulting help, you don't have to worry about hiring a big agency or having somebody you know come in and tell you to change your name because then voila they can develop the name and identity for you and <laughs> right all that stuff so it's pure Cause it's that's pure because that's in your best interest yes exactly uh what else oh we have joe public retreat news mm-hmm. we've announced this already haven't we we didn't do a very I good job of so. pitching it at shushmed no we gave we away a few little cards we were poor pitchers but we're pitching <laughs> it now oh yeah you want to give the deets? heavy heavy pitching number two Episode two. Sure. Oh, the Joe Public Retreat? <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Where? Well, this will be happening not in our great state of Minnesota, but in... The lesser state of... The lesser state of <laughs> no. Arizona. Well, but Scottsdale is pretty awesome. What's the reason for that? Because it gets a little chilly here and no one would yeah. come. It's in February, that's why. Yeah. And it's in February, the 18th through the 20th. So two full days... Starts with a networking event, I believe that Tuesday night, which is the night or would be the seventeenth. And so, join us. Join us. We had a great first Joe Public Retreat, mm-hmm. which took place in June. June. Yeah, yeah so it was warm year. here, and yep. people came. So we're building on the success. Uh, we've shifted things a little bit. You can check out the website JoePublicRetreat.com. Um, but we're going to make it a little more focused on attendees' key issues. It's all about trying to change your marketing, your healthcare marketing in a dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we learned from last time is that people usually have like one or two big honking problems they're trying to solve in that regard. So we're going to focus on that mm-hmm. and help you figure out how to solve those with our input and expertise as well as the people that, are, that join us. Mm-hmm. Yep, even that much more personalized. Yes, Mm-hmm. Much more personalized. And it's being held, what's the name of the resort? The the Saguaro. Saguaro, which we visited, Robert and I visited when we were out there for some client work. Phenomenal place. Every time I hear that, I'm I, glad wanna, to hear that. I hear Metallica in my head. Saguaro? What Whiskey is that? Whiskey in Saguaro. Is that a tequila or something? I don't know. What is Not it? if it's whiskey in Saguaro. It must be a town in Mexico or something. Oh, they say, no, that that's whiskey in the jar. And then James Hetfield adds the O on the end. So it's Whiskey in the Jar, which is like a Thin Lizzy remake, I believe. Oh, I see. Okay. But so never mind. I used to always hear Sabaro, like from Arby's. But then once I heard Saguaro, I'm like, all right, that's going into the song. Sabaro's is the world's worst pizza. Oh, it is horrible. (laughs) That's so bad. I haven't heard of that in ages. Oh, they're still around. All the decrepit malls, like the Burnsville Mall. The strip malls. Yes. Um, Okay, Saguaro is a cactus. Interesting. Uh, we probably so should have known go. that. Now no. that you say that, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Tequila, cactus, <laughs> same thing. Something southwestern in, cactus. in nature. Yeah. Okay. So that's our updates. Any other updates? Anything else? I don't think so. No. Those are some biggies. Some biggies. Oh, don't forget, too, we have a content marketing paper. Oh, yeah. Come check it out. 
<laughs> we have that on our site, do we not? Yep, yep. You can get so. to it from the homepage, just down in the okay. bottom left corner there. Yep. Those were flying out like hotcakes at Shishman. They were. Were they? Good. Mm-hmm. Like hotcakes. Good. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Hotcakes fly out. Hotcakes do fly. <laughs> they do. It's so damn hot. <laughs> All right. So we have an interesting topic at hand. Mm-hmm. Native advertising. So now, first, before we get into some of the opinions on it, we, we need to define it, which could take the whole podcast. Let's do the Wikipedia definition. I think that's probably Does that the work? best one. Okay, do you have it in front of you? No. Oh. I can, I can bring it up. Wah, wah. I thought Chris <laughs> said that definition didn't explain anything. What's that? I thought Chris said that the definition didn't explain well, anything. Well, I think that it, and we'll get into this, but it kind of defies definition. I don't think it's definable. Well, <laughs> no. But I think that, no, I think no, that that's pretty time heavy. Out. No, you I can't think, have a term that doesn't mean something, otherwise well, it, it doesn't does, mean something. It doesn't mean what people are trying to force it to mean. Let's, make, let's put it that way. All right, well, let me ask you this. Name me something else that doesn't stand for anything or that can't be defined. So I can put that in the context. <laughs> Let me get back to you on that. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So re- do you have it? I have it too. Yeah. I, go ahead. Native advertising is a web advertising. So first of all, oh, we just, just break to this web. to shreds. Yeah. Native advertising is a web advertising method in which the advertiser attempts to gain attention by providing content in the context of the user's experience. Okay. See, that to me is... It's so that so. First sense. of all, all loose. advertising is presented in the context of the user's right, experience. Right. Otherwise, they'd never see it or hear it or <laughs> right. smell it or whatever it is. Right. So that's wrong. That's fair. It's not just web advertising. If you right. really want to be true with it, um, now the next sentence actually makes more sense. Native ad formats match both the yeah. form and the function of the user experience in which it is placed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still that still sounds so vague. I think a better definition for me, now this is where we're going to get into interesting conversations because if you go out and search this, people are all over the place. For me, native advertising is advertising that intentionally tries to mirror the context in which it's placed, content in which it's placed, really with the goal of getting you to to look at it because you Mm -hmm. think it is, or hear it because you think it is. I hate to say trick. I think it, it is. It wants you to look at the ad because you think it is the content for which you are there in the first place. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so tricking is a hard word, but maybe misleading. That's true. I think misleading is trickery. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's, that's a heavy word. Well, misleading's tough. It depends. Like sometimes it's it's like I let's talk about the the one example that we all agree on is BuzzFeed. Right. So if you go mm-hmm. to BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed is just a whole ton of interesting context, the top 10 ways to watch, you know, Breaking Bad or whatever. But they'll have scattered throughout, you know, um, what was the one that we talked about before? The We talked about this, their advertising model. So BuzzFeed right. helps advertisers create content that goes through the site like it was, it was, it was for the Prius. It was hybrid animals, the top 10 hybrid animals, mm-hmm. okay? So... It's taking the same right. format and formula of the content around it, but it's clear that it's an ad. Because it's yellow. It BuzzFeed, to it. me, it's clear. So first of all, it's mm-hmm. a different color, square or whatever. Mm-hmm. It also says something on it, doesn't it? I don't have it Featured in front of me. Featured partner. Yeah, I'm trying to... Featured partner? Presented by Capital One Quicksilver okay. or so you, Target. So, so that, to me, is... We can all agree that that's native advertising. Now, it's, after this, it's going to get tricky. But see, I don't know if that's misleading... 
you could get worse. It's not. I, I think it's not misleading because BuzzFeed. That's what BuzzFeed is. If you go there, that's what you expect. So it's it's within the context of the experience. Like I think the thing that we were we were contrasting yeah. last week, we were contrasting BuzzFeed and like Star Tribune, which is our local paper website. Star Tribune has my trust, or the Pioneer Press, or either one. You know, they have my trust. I assume that I'm going to go there and content like this, that I, articles that I would read there, I assume are. Are, are, are vetted and they, are, they you know they, they abide by journalistic standards and that I can trust it to be honest you know to the extent that a human can create the you know unbiased media honest is honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay Jesse Ventura over there um, so that's so I think that's the difference and that BuzzFeed doesn't have my BuzzFeed entertains me it doesn't have my trust in any way so I really I don't expect things from BuzzFeed I expect to go there and get some laughs and I really don't care if it's content that's sponsored by Toyota or if it's content that their author has just created to, to, to create. Right, but, but I would not click on that then. See, and that's what I'm saying. I think a lot of people wouldn't click on it either because they don't want to be sold. And so to me, that's a subtle difference. It doesn't quite define native versus other. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you, so we talked about this before the podcast to me, um, pay-per-click ads on Google's landing or on Google's search results page is native content or native advertising. It's advertising yeah. that's developed to look like the content that you're there for, which are search results. Mm-hmm. Again, they make it clear. It, it, it's better than it used to be. It used to be harder to tell the difference. Um, the FTC is looking at all this stuff because of this. Um, and, the, and the classic old school example is an advertorial, right? You're flipping through a magazine, and there is a oh yeah yeah um, there is a an ad that's intended to look like a, a, a story in the magazine Mm -hmm. now the rules of that are pretty clear i think it can't look just like the like the fonts usually different it says advertorial at the top um but again the intent is to as you're flipping through persuade you to look at the ad because it fits the content that you're there for in the first place Mm -hmm. and so there may be some differences to what you're talking about adam i just don't know if that's Always well, the case. Yeah. I think the bro- the problem is, I guess it comes down to how to the definition. I mean, uh-huh. if if by definition it is content that the user doesn't know, like there's, I mean, I think once you put once you put something on it to indicate that it's an advertisement, I think you break at least to me based on the definitions that I have seen and I'm trying to understand because <laughs> there's so many and and they're all different. Is that once you t- once you make it obvious that it is an ad, mm-hmm. even with a little piece of text, it's really, I mean, you've broken the experience. Now the user knows right. that they're being sold to. Yeah. And if the goal of native advertising is for the user to never know that they're being sold to. Um, I don't think goal? that's the goal. I don't, know I don't that think that's-, that's the goal. I've never read that that's the goal. I've read that the, the goal is you're trying to, you're trying to mirror the, the, the content that's around it so people are more likely to go to it. I don't think it's to try to trick people into thinking it's the act. I mean, it's a gray area, but it's almost that's, always, not always, because we'll have to get to these examples, almost always clear that it's a paid piece of content that's versus key. unpaid. I mean, I think, it's, I think we're, we, we get into, I and mean, we have to talk about, if that's not the case, and, I, and then I think we have to talk about the, the ethics behind it, because you know, duping people into... You know, believing that paid content is not paid content is unethical. So, I don't know. I guess that uh, you know, in, in all these examples, it's obvious that it's paid content. So, right? Yes, know, I don't feel duped in any way. Well, not always. Well, wh- where is an example where so it's not obvious? So we talked about Facebook when you um, 
when you take a post and you right boost it, you boost, you boost it, it, or others. There's other ways of right. So let's take it, a but... boosted post, right? So if we posted something on Intervals page, and then we and and so that would be seen by all the people who follow Interval on Facebook right. in their in their feed. If we boosted it, it would then be seen by all those people's right. network yeah. or a certain okay. percentage of it, depending on how right. much we want right. to pay. Right, mm-hmm. and so. When that goes through, so let's let's take um, let's say Joe Public is a person that follows Interval, right? And we boost a post saying, "Hey, stop by our booth at Shishman. We're going to be there handing out marijuana." And <laughs> so now that's on Joe Public's automatically on his feed. If we boost it, it would go to a certain percentage of Joe Public's network, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So that could be Jane Public, his wife, and Timmy Public, right. his dad. When it shows up in theirs. All it says is Joe Public likes the arrogant healthcare marketing bastards. But doesn't the actual post itself come through on their newsfeed? No. I believe with the boosted one, it does. I'm not sure. I, thought, I think it says that's not okay. a promoted yeah. post, though. Well, it's, it's, there's different ways of doing it. But they all, I mean, okay. in the end, it's all about tying your content to a name of somebody who their extended network is familiar right, right. with, and then we'll see it. Now, the, the, so we haven't even talked about strategies or philosophies on native advertising yet because we still haven't defined it because it gets worse because there is a certainly a group of people that would broaden the definition of native and they would broaden in a way that basically says native advertising is advertising that adjusts to its surroundings so i'm going to read from an article on mashable that we can post that's called um is native advertising just another term for good advertising so they're they're quoting a guy here uh, or a girl, I'm sorry, Christina Heiss, VP of ad agency, Gyro, maybe it's a Euro, I don't know, <laughs> in Cincinnati, um, that says this. In her view, native advertising goes native in the sense that it adjusts to its surroundings. That doesn't mean a BuzzFeed ad necessarily, though. Heiss says a compelling fashion ad in Vogue would be considered native advertising. She's not alone in her view. As Reuters columnist Felix Salmon noted in a recent column, quote, a native ad is something that consumers read, interact with, even share. It fills up their attention space for a certain period of time in the way that banner ads never do. In that sense, TV ads are truly native. The way you consume a TV ad is the same way as you consume a TV show. See, that's where I'm like, that's there's no definition. Different. Is there any advertising that you consume that is not similar to the content that's around it? It, as far as you consume it, even a banner ad, I consume a banner ad the same way I consume the content on that page, which is I see it and I interpret it. Yeah. That definition some... is redundant, cyclical, renders the definition meaningless. Yeah. yeah I agree. Don't you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To yeah. say, what did he say? <laughs> The way you consume a TV ad is the same as the way you consume a TV show. So that's how you define native. Somebody then, tell me a type of advertising that you consume that is not the same as the surroundings in which it's placed. I suppose there could be some, but that just seems like... Then that's a very small portion of advertising. Isn't the I mean, vast, that just negates ma- yes, the vast majority of advertising is just as you defined it. So that's not anything special or different. Well, I think of native advertising in that it matches the exact content. So it would be like a commercial that would mirror the content of the television show you're watching in some way. Then maybe that would be native in some regard. I don't know. I just yeah. It has to mirror like the actual content that you're already seeking. 
yeah, like it, it does on BuzzFeed. A good and, example of that is if you're watching like The Walking Dead and in the middle of their commercial breaks, they'll have like something from The Walking Dead, right. which if you're flipping through, I'll stop sometimes fast forwarding because I think it's the show. Right. Instead, that it's a promo be. for the show or sometimes even like a co-branded sponsorship type of thing. Right. There's another article on Mashable. Um, the title is Why Native Advertising is the Opposite of Porn. I saw that. I didn't read it, but I was just I was just skimming it now. Um, but if there's one quote that comes out in there, and it's taking a little bit out of context. You have to read it. It was actually from the Atlantic, and there the they were interviewing somebody from the Atlantic, talking about how they were doing dabbling in this a little bit, and were really offended their audience with some stuff from the Church of Scientology. Um, but a quote from her was that. Um, Native advertising is not like porn. If it's done well, people don't people don't know it when they see it. And then uh, someone else kind of she says she corrected her saying, "No, if it's done well, they they don't care." So I think there's two different things there. I think the mm-hmm. I think it, the first quote saying, "If it's done well, people don't know it when they see it." That's when I that's where I think it's kind of it's borderline unethical. I mean, because it's kind of like now you're a, if it's a trusted source like the Atlantic, yes. I trust the Atlantic to deliver right. me good content. I like the Atlantic. And all of a sudden, you know, if I'm reading something that was paid to be placed there, that breaks my trust in the Atlantic or the Star Tribune or whoever, any, any source that I trust. Right. Um, which was why I said Buzzfeed doesn't fit there. Cause I don't, I don't care. I don't trust them. They entertain me. Um, but I think that the other quote I think is, is good in, in the, in this other person corrected the other person and saying, if it's done well, people don't care. The readers don't care if it's an advertisement. So that's, that to me is different. So well, that's, if I, that's BuzzFeed. That's what you're talking about. Well, yeah, but I, yeah. there could also, care. there could be something in the Star Tribune too that I experienced and, you know, whatever it was, I just, I didn't care if it was, you know, I, I'm struggling to think of what an example of that might be. Um, but I think that's key is whether or not the reader cares because that's where that's where you lose trust and you you cross those ethical borders. Hmm. I yeah it, it's it's and then so now the comment on the first comment says didn't this used to be called public relations? As <laughs> almost everyone else said it's just a new game for an age old tactic. No, no, right? It's not. It's completely because different. this is still paid. Public relations is an effort to get the content to actually talk about you right. without paying them. Right. Right. That's, I mean, you, you want the Star Tribune to cover your product because it's saving lives, like if you're med tech. Right. Which they do all the time. I mean, there's statistics that say right. like 75% of local news, whether it's broadcast or print, is public relations based. Right. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're getting their stories from companies that are pitching them, but they're not paying them to place that. Right. Um, where this gets really unethical is the stories that came out about Procter & Gamble paying mommy bloggers right. to talk about their products without oh, yeah. conveying that they were paid. That's deceptive. And That's the, deceptive. And the, and the, and the yep. bloggers never... Disclose that information to their the blog. To their readers. The trusted source mm-hmm. That's, yeah. never said. Sketch. Right. I, I've been given a you know lifetime supply of Pampers, you know, and now I'm going to talk about Pampers, how mm-hmm. great it is. Right. Right. Um, another example that somebody gives is, uh, and this is is so interesting to me because on KFan, the sports radio station here, the number one personality is a guy called Dan Barrero, mm-hmm. and he's phenomenal. He's probably nationally recognized. He's he's that good, right? Most big markets have somebody like this guy. And he's more than sports. He talks more about politics and other things, too. But of late, I'm going to say the last six months to a year, he has been whoring himself <laughs> with, whoring. With, with paid promotions, right? Whoring. I mean, they, they, all, they all make extra money by doing oh, ads. Yeah. But he has started doing them in his broadcast. 
Oh, no, like in the mm. middle of? Right in the middle of it. So he'll oh. be talking about, you know, hey, well, that gov- the gubernatorial race is really heated up, and that's really bad. And and before we get to the next segment, let me talk about Adam Meyer's jewelry, because Adam Meyer's <laughs> and he'll go right into it. And it's caught me so much that I'm like, he must be... He like I bet he's got a contract coming up in a couple of years, and he's like, I got to make all the money I can make now, and Maybe. because it's so unbelievable, I've wanted to like write him and say, because it's starting to hit his credibility in my mind. It's it's so far, and it's clear it's an ad. He's There's, not right, right. It's clearly an ad, but but it's that is native advertising, right? And most of the Boom, pod, right a lot of the podcasts of I listen yeah. to that are bigger podcasts that have sponsorships, that's how the advertising and those work. Is they'll say, oh well, we should you know here's Right, and they won't go to an ad. They'll, they'll whoever is on whoever the host and co-host will will talk about the product or in service. the middle of the show. In the middle of the show, and the next so segment part of the show is, is brought to you by Activision. But they're very clear mm-hmm. that it's brought to you right by that. But I also I also typically in that case want to I'll listen to it because it's like oh well if this is something these guys actually vouch for then I want to know what it is. See, and I don't even know if that's native advertising. I don't know either. That's advertising. That's just advertising. It's good advertising. To right. the yeah, point of the Mashable say, article. If this could be native advertising. So we listen to video game podcasting, which is usually about there's a bunch of stuff they cover, but they often cover games. Oh, right? there, yep. So native advertising could be in this next segment's bringing in Joe Blow sponsored by Activision, which is a big video game company, who's going to give his opinion on Mm -hmm. XYZ game. Right. Joe Blow is a longtime programmer at Activision and has worked on blah, 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 blah. And then Joe gives his spiel. That's native advertising in that the content fits the content around it, but it's paid content. Mm -hmm. But it is, yeah. But it's content related to what you're already experiencing. Right. So you want yeah. to experience it. It's not yeah. just a promotion. Right. Which is what I was describing. Like a random before. jewelry plug. Right, right. Yeah. So where did that leave us? We're gonna oh by the way, we're doing a a, a blog post on this. This yep. is one of those one of those things where we're we're just kind of swimming in the sea right now. We don't really have formalized <laughs> opinions other than misleading native advertising's bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Not all advertising that is consumed in the context the of where it is presented is right. native advertising. I just think that's the most <laughs> otherwise, ad- otherwise everything is native advertising. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of funny. How do you consume an ad that's not in the context from which it's presented that just right. defies physics? That's like <laughs> Einstein's head is spinning in its grave. Does that work? <laughs> just the head, not the, Doesn't make not any the body. Sense. It might be. They use like a Vogue ad. That's the he says the ultimate example is a, is a like a Gucci added Vogue. That's just but that's just good advertising. That's not yeah yeah that's it's not as as a reader of like yeah contextuals yeah. right. If I were GQ, you know, if we go go to the man angle, um, is Vogue, Vogue is the man mostly dangle. the man dangle. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go the, the man angle where uh, you know if if I'm flipping through GQ and GQ is like and say, probably the same with Vogue, it is like. 90% ads and 10% percent yeah. content. you got to struggle to find the damn articles yeah. in those magazines. But there will be, I mean, if it's a fashion ad, there might be something that some guy is wearing that's just interesting and, I, and it catches my eye and I want to, you know, you're checking it out. So, but that's just good advertising. That's you pl- that company placed their ad in the right, right publication to catch my eye. It's not native advertising. They've, it's just, it's smart. It's wise. Other people call that contextual advertising, which was what you referred to before, I think, with... You, you gave an example. I can't remember what it was, if it was race cars or something TV-oriented. But if your ad oh, yeah. fits the content around it in a like a, like a Vogue ad would, mm-hmm. or if you're watching a NASCAR event and then the, the ad is 
car oriented or NASCAR oriented. Right. But they're not trying to like make you think it's a race. So that's contextual. That's different than native in my mind. Totally. Or, but that's just good advertising. I mean, that's what you should strive to be doing is to get your marketing in front mm-hmm. of the right that's audience. Better. That's better than non-contextual. Not that you can have effective advertising that's not contextual. I think that's fine. Yeah. But that's still different than native. Mm-hmm. It, for some reason, it's easy. It, it's easier for me to think about and visualize what it would be, and it's harder to kind of communicate what that would be. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, given all the stuff we're chatting about, but I mean, with Vogue, I feel like native advertising in Vogue would be if Gucci sponsored like their photo shoot and all the clothes in that. Which sometimes they do in that spread or whatever that they're featuring. That was all Gucci. That would be some sort of native advertising to me, but not an ad for Gucci. Which sometimes it is like that. I mean, to me, it, it does come back to if the intent is to get people to think that it is the content. Yes, that exactly. they're there for that's native. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's it's to... actually like in Facebook, or it repurposes the content, or it replicates the content, or tries to like the the one guy with the idiotic definition says a long copy ad is native because it's in a magazine where there's long <laughs> no, copy. It's not. And I, just, no, it's like an editorial <laughs> that's a, that's intended to look like an article right, right. is. But just because you get a lot of copy in your ad doesn't make it right. No. Right. Then everything is, it's just hilarious. Yeah, that's really interesting. Everything is native People then by definition because yeah. it lives somewhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> then it just ceases to have meaning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right, it hurts my head. <laughs> All right, so we'll come out with a little more formulated opinions on it. We'd love to hear from people, though, over the next week once we post this, um, their, their opinions on native advertising. And if they're using it or if it's intentionally used, it's as soon as you start digging into it, you get all these other like, it's like when we made up like left side of the menu marketing and all that stuff. Cause I started reading and you go into the rabbit hole of, of, oh, yeah. of contextual, um, contextual advertising. And then the other one that I started reading into is, was it programming, 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 advertising, programmed advertising. Does that ring a bell? What's, no, the de- what's the loose definition not. of that? Program- programmatic ads. Also something that's not well-defined. Right. Basically means automatic advertising. So like you have the big eight ad agencies apparently have desks. Um, imagine people like Erupter. That's what I think of. And they're sitting there and they're constantly buying ads. Programmatic ads is where you set formulas and, they, and it, it's done automatic. Oh. Um, but it's just fascinating to, to hear all about all this stuff. One more wow. example of native advertising. Holy cow. Sorry. <laughs> One more example of native advertising. If you go to CNN at the bottom of a story, there are more from CNN and then from around the web. And I've seen this in other news media. At the bottom, and, you say? Yeah. At the, like So I picked, a, 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 I picked a, an article. It says 3D gun rate in the UK may have nabbed printer parts. Go down to the bottom of there before the comments start is two sections. One, which is more from CNN, so it's links from CNN. Yep. The other says from around the web. Now, when I first encountered these, I assumed these were other stories, and usually they're somewhat related to what the, the article is about. Right. Um, but they are paid links. They may be paid by a legitimate place, but most of the time they're, they're companies trying to get you in. Outbrain. Oh, for that's their the, articles. It, that's if you click the little what's link, what's this link below those, 
it says it shows this content is from Outbrain, which is the Facebook ad that I had forwarded to everyone when we are having this discussion via email. Because all of a sudden, as we we're talking about native advertising, this Outbrain, these Outbrain ads kept popping up in my Facebook feed, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Like we're talking about this in, in Gmail. I right. seriously doubt that Facebook is tapping my uh, uh, Gmail for 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 data about me. So, but you're saying that those around the web. Oh yeah, sections are paid. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I clicked on one, it takes me to the Chevy website. Yeah, I mean, there's no way CNN is referencing Chevy, and it's different from the sponsored links. So you've got two kinds of native advertising, and that's not obvious. No, they don't say anywhere that it's paid. But I will bet you a lot of money that those are paid. It says it says in the what's this? I mean, the around the web because you open that up. What's this? I don't see what's this. Go to around the web, and right below it, and to the right. Lower lower right hand corner below around the web, there's a little link that's in, in no. brackets that says what's this. I don't see that on oh, CNN. I don't see it either. But right here, so here's this is a CNN article. Or no, no, no I t- I'm on I'm on yeah, well, CNN money. I don't have that. Click Adam. on the little lady's face. Do you see that? Then it'll tell you what. The recommended by. From oh, what are the these web. links? The leading content discovery solution. Mm-hmm. Links to third party content were paid for by an Outbrain customer. Right. So they're paid. Yep. They don't say anywhere that they're paid. Nope, so to me, that's that's misleading. FTC might crack down on that. Yeah, I mean, there's I that. Why there's that to... little thing where you can where you learn it, but it's kind of behind a wall. So well, it's not all obvious. it says is recommended by. It, it needs right. to be more blatant that those are advertised, right. just like the sponsored link says sponsored links. Anyway, I think that's yeah. Funky. It's it's yeah. It is. It is. And, and Amazon, I think we were talking about before, this is the same thing. You, get, you look at a product on Amazon, you scroll down, and a lot of times there's a row oh, of products yep, that say... I've seen that. A lot of times it's um, you know, customers who bought this also bought these items, or they bought these items instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then a lot of times there's another row that's products that are literally... It looks like that other row. So you they think take that... take you if, off Amazon. Right. If you click them, mm-hmm. you think, oh, I'm going to go check this one out on Amazon. But no, you shot off to another website. I find that to be so annoying. I find right. that to be annoying as well. Yeah. All right, let's switch to another, I think kind of maybe, if not exactly native advertising. No, nah, native advertising, shared endorsements from Google+. That's native advertising. It's the same as a sponsored or as a Just boosted like Facebook post. Yeah. Yeah. You want to explain what that is, Adam? That was something else on our to uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this, this kind of confuses me, so hopefully Adam can shed some light on it. Well, it's just, it's just that Google, I mean, anybody who has a Google account probably got a new terms of service agreement to agree to recently. I got an email, said click this link, or it was at the top of your Gmail interface when you logged in. But Google is just expanding their uh, approach to adver- advertising online. They want to dip their, you know, take, take, some of the, mm-hmm. take some lessons from Facebook in doing this, uh, kind of using, using your social network to sponsor content, much like Facebook Mm-hmm. does. So if you're logged into Google, Google can see your, your, your social network through Google plus. Um, and if I happen to like, like in this case, there's a screenshot in this article, like the the Nexus seven. Uh, if I like that and Jackie, you ended up looking for, for Android devices at some point, right. you might see an ad within Google that, that shows me as somebody who likes the Nexus seven and that may, may or may not. It? Right. Well, it, oh. yeah. Or it might say that I rated it five stars or something like that. Okay. Which certainly might sway you to buy it or to ask me about it and then maybe buy it. I don't know. You know, right. obviously, obviously the point is, is to, cool. is the point but... is to, to make the connections, to give you some trust in the product mm-hmm. and to make it stand out. Cause you'd see my little th- ugly face next to it. <laughs> <laughs> Your ugly mug. <laughs> 
Um, so it's, it's, it's very similar. I mean, almost identical to what Facebook is doing. The difference is that Google is like this Everywhere. massive ecosystem. You know, yeah. Facebook is like its, its own closed little mm-hmm. platform. Um, although I would not be at all surprised to see Facebook start to extend its, its advertising fingers outside of, you know, to become more of an ad network rather yeah. than just a self-contained thing. Cause well, they plus certainly could. You can log in to so many places through Facebook oh, yeah. that would trigger it right there. Right. If you logged in that oh, way, they would right. know you're there and. Right. Or anyone who has that has a, like a little Facebook widget embedded on their site to like they you're getting tracked when you're there if you're logged into Facebook already because they're sharing data between sites there. So, um, I mean, Facebook certainly has its feelers out, just not as much as Google. I mean, Google is like everywhere. They're right. everywhere. But I think it says in this article how you can turn it off. Which I, I kind of feel like I would want to turn it off. I turned it off. I would, too. I don't want people to know what I'm reviewing and well, liking. And well, You have to do it through Google+. Plus, Right. So first of all, you oh, have to be on Google Plus, yep. and then you have to like something. You have to do a plus one or whatever else. There's other options so that it's through the Google Plus mm-hmm. social network, and then only the people that you've already brought into your circle can see it anyway. Can see it anyway. So it's it's limited, but it still scared me enough because I'm like, well, yeah. why couldn't they just connect? They know everything I'm doing. Why does it have to be through Google Plus? Why right. can't they? Hey, Chris Bevelo just searched the whatever page. He really liked it because yeah. he spent an hour on it. And I'm like, e- Whoa. Chris Bevelo emailed <laughs> Adam about this, so he <laughs> must right. like that. I know, Which we know that they, they we already know that they look at your email content. If you're if you're a Gmail user, oh, which really? so many people are. Well, that's, oh, how yeah, the, yeah. that's how the ads. Any ad that yes. you get is tailored to your email content. I mean, it's not like literally a person reading it. It's automated. It's automated. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. But, I mean, it certainly could be a person reading it if they wanted to. Right. It could be the government. I mean, it is the government. Oh, the government doesn't read that stuff. They're, they're sending be that crap to the NSA, too. So, but yeah, um, Those ads are pretty right on sometimes. They sometimes are Gmail. pretty close. Yeah. Even the Facebook stuff is actually pretty targeted at, um, quite often. Um, there, was a, there was a funny story. This was actually from but long before this, like a year or two ago, but when they just started doing the plus one stuff. Um, there was somebody who thought it was hilarious when he found this like 50 gallon drum of love lubricant on oh, a, it was like sex story, lube yeah. on uh, <laughs> Google shopping.com or something. So he, he was like, Oh yeah, plus one that. And then sure enough, Oh no. When someone else in his, in his network stumbled across it or was searching for something else, all of a sudden there was an ad for a 50 gallon drum of sex lube <laughs> with his photo by it in a, in a plus one. <laughs> I know you got to be careful. You do. You can't. You, you can't, can't just really do be... things to be goofy anymore. You have to. I know there are ramifications to your goofiness these days. No randomly searching porn anymore. It's all connected. <laughs> no, nope. it's all. You just assume whatever you do on your computer, anybody in the world. Oh, totally. Can figure out. Yeah, yeah. It's that's pretty why, scary. But that's why I'm hesitant sometimes to even click. Sometimes to even click on native ads or any ads because then it's like they're gonna you know they're gonna follow you around even if it's an accident sometimes when i do it i'm like don't you know and then you see them like constantly (laughs) they're targeting you there are some great plugins for most browsers chrome specifically firefox safari they all have them one is called like ghostly something like that but there's a few that that like let you know what's going on behind the scenes. It'll tell you and it'll, it'll tell you how to lock things down and it just steps you through the process and it'll map out like in real time, mm-hmm. the different sites that are tracking you with different cookies and stuff, right? Right. Right. As you're looking at the web. Oh, that's crazy. But it gives you the ability to kind of shut stuff down and lock it down a bit, which is nice. Interesting. It's how interesting. It's scary. I know. It annoys the hell out We've- of me. I'm going to betray my politics here. And I read an awesome story on the Atlantic of which the title was our response to al-Qaeda is more dangerous than al-Qaeda itself. 
That was an article you read on the Atlantic? That was the, that was the title. What and was I, it in relation to? Or it what was, was basically, the... we have gone so far damn overboard oh. with oh. with security and surveillance and whatever that that we're causing ourselves more harm than they mm-hmm. do. And we're actually causing ourselves more harm in the world view. Right. It's just horrific what we're We've doing. It's insane what we're doing. Monitoring the German president's seventy for like seven 10 years million or something. French phone calls we monitor. I mean, who who are we? What in the world? <laughs> I know. I'm sure I'll get some nasty somebody will hear this and go, <laughs> You're non patriotic. You don't love America. Well, I think We've, that I think geez. the love of, of of America should make you detest American behavior lately in in this in this area, because that is that's not. No. What the hell? What, where, how, is, how is that being American? If you think by? this is just like a liberal rant, trust me, I think. Oh, this the is. The president that I voted for is worse than the one before it in this regard because yeah. it's opposite of what he should be doing. He's not only gone along with it, he's expanded it. Yeah. So screw and, him. And, 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 defend, now I'm and get defends the it. Secret Service after me. And defends it. Yeah. We've come full circle on this podcast. Sorry. He <laughs> cut that part out. Okay. Let's move to the final part. This is like an hour podcast. We'll make it quick. No, what, how are we doing? Do it's, we have time for the brave? Long. We can get. We can squeeze it in. Do we have yeah, the we time can, for the brave? Ad? We have time. All we right, go time. ahead and talk about it. I'm watching it, but I can't hear it. Well, what? what so the view. So the view. So it's a, it's a video on YouTube. It was created by um, so the staff on the on Unit Five. Oh crap! It's playing playing in my ears here. There we go. Unit Five at Amplatz, uh, which is the Children's Hospital at the University of Minnesota here in the Twin Cities. Um, but you've probably seen it. If you work in healthcare marketing, most likely at this point you've seen it. But it's it's got it's up to about eight hundred and fifty thousand or eight hundred and thirty thousand views. Oh, but it's just good. it's set to a Sarah Borella song, um, and it's just scenes of the staff and patients um, being happy They're in, in a setting where yeah, yeah. dancing and jumping around and just being you know upbeat to a song that's about being brave. Um, but you know, it's kids, it's kids, unit five is, 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 is a floor where kids who have gone through cancer and chemo, uh, chemo treatment, um, mm-hmm. are, are being treated. So it's extraordinarily powerful, um, and emotional footage. And honestly, I, I won't watch it now because every time I watch it, I cry like a little girl. <laughs> I know I kind of <laughs> did when I watched it at home too. I was like, um, okay, I can't I mean, watch it. I can relate. I mean, I already, get, my son went through chemo at, at yeah. one floor below this unit on unit four. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, there's so much that. I mean, it, for me, I, I know the setting very well because I've literally lived in there in this hospital for literally. a period, and um, it's 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 really powerful. And Sarah Bareilles loved loved it, so she saw it and she. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know no, that. I think they reached out to her to ask if they could use the song before they did it, and she said yes. And then after they did it, she she was like, she really liked what they had done, so she thought it was pretty cool. There's yeah, it's there's very cool. A, something else like it that's getting a lot of coverage. Out of a, a hospital out east, they did something similar, and I can't remember what it was. Some like uplifting video, and yeah, recently, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I read about it over the last week, and I haven't gone to see it yet. I'm gonna look where I think I, where it might be, but it's it's just gotten a lot of oh, it was a roar. So this was Dartmouth Hitchcock, um, the Children's Hospital. They did a, a a video riff on Roar by Katy Perry. Oh, okay. So that one's been getting a lot of notice. Um, I haven't seen it, but it, it's, I think it's exactly the same kind of thing. It's the patients and oh, the caregivers is. singing and dancing mm-hmm. to an uplifting song. Yeah. Jeez. It's cool, though. It's, they've it's got like two cool million, how well done it is. Two million views on yeah, that one. They, they've, got a, they've gotten a lot of press for it. 
And I don't know which came first, and I don't know why this one. Well, Roar is a more popular song. I've never heard of Brave, or at least I don't think I have. Maybe I have. If you yeah. if you listen to it, you would have. Well, you it looks very very similar. Yeah. We can shot. post a link to that too. Yeah, they're shot similar. They're both inspiring songs. And I think this this one looks like it's mostly cancer themed as well. I'm not going to watch this one. I'll probably start crying from this one too. <laughs> stop it right now. <laughs> It is. It's powerful, though. It's really cool. It really so is. If you haven't seen it, you should check it out. There's the scene that gets me. I think it, my wife has said it gets her too. Is I mean, if you're not already crying by the time you get to this scene, there's a scene in the in the brave one where this little girl lifts up her shirt oh, yeah. to show her tummy, and there's you, there's all these scars on there from the operations she's had yeah. to go through, and it's just like, but she's smiling and singing the song while mm-hmm. she's showing it, and it's just like, my God. Yeah, and there's a boy dancing around. He's lost part of his leg. Yeah, but he's just completely happy, happy and carefree. Yeah, that's really good. You always just when you start watching these, you always just fear they're going to be poorly produced or just kind of embarrassed. They can, if not done correctly, they can be kind of embarrassing. But yeah. this they, yeah. this one was done really well. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't seen the Dartmouth Hitchcock one. I mean, and the I mean the the awesome thing about the tools that we have at our disposal these days is that you could do you could do these on your iPhone these days. I mean, with iMovie Probably. and the quality of the video you can shoot yeah. in HD, you could. You could do the production, everything on your phone these days, you know, mm-hmm. as long as you've got an eye for composition and, you know, know a little bit about making the shots transition nicely right. and stuff. Yep. Um, you don't need to, the barrier to entry on this kind of stuff is minimal. So the ex, nobody should have the excuse that they need a you know massive production company to help them mm-hmm. explore this type of content, at least, um, because you probably have the tools in your pocket right now to do it or your purse. That's our takeaway for healthcare marketers today. Yes. <laughs> Explore it to test this stuff out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great examples no of marketing excuse. or promotion that's happy and even yeah. with something that's as devastating as cancer and kids mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, all right, with that uplifting cool. note, <laughs> I know it's uplifting. It is. It's, it's it is in a weird way. They're both yeah. very inspiring videos. So check them out, but have some tissues ready. Yeah, if you haven't already seen them, which you probably have. Okay. <laughs> so for Eric and Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. And Adam Meyer. We'll talk to you next time. And don't forget to look for our Schmidt Postcat podcast. Podcast. Caddy. Caddies. <laughs> <laughs>